Ms. Spear. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Mueller, I think I can say without fear of contradiction that you're the greatest patriot in this room today. And I want to thank you for being here. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum, everyone. What starts here changes the world. Well, I've got to admit, I kind of like it. What starts here changes the world. We are the music makers, and we are the dreamers of dreams. The average American will meet 10,000 people in their lifetime. I was handcuffed to another man from another tribe whose language I did not speak. Don't think. But if every one of you changed the lives of just 10 people, and each one of those people changed the lives of another 10 people, and another 10... We did not know each other, and we could not speak to each other, because if we could have spoken to each other, we might have been able to figure out what was happening to us. To every politician who is taking donations from the NRA, shame on I believed them when they said they were sleeping on concrete floors. I believed them. Children being separated from their parents in front of an American flag. I believe them. And you can change the entire population of the world, eight billion people. And if you're gonna figure out what was happening to us, we might have been able to prevent it. If you think it's hard to change the lives of 10 people, change their lives forever. Well, it didn't happen, and here we are. I believe these women. You're wrong. I feel extremely lucky to, to be here with all of you fighting for justice, for equality, for the right for us to equally exist in this country. There were 329 uprisings, 257 cities within four and a half years. And neither Martin nor Fannie had any control over that. We might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and fighting our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves. But their children were saved, and their children's children. Generations were saved by one decision, one person. But changing the world can happen anywhere, and anyone can do it. So what starts here can indeed change the world. But the question is, what will the world look like after you change it? Welcome to Public Access America. Make a stand. I know I did. Thank you very much. And may God bless us. And may God bless us. You um, said in your report, and I'm going to quibble with your words, that um, the Russian intervention was sweeping and systematic. Um, I would quibble with that because I don't think it was just an intervention. I think it was an invasion. And I don't think it was just sweeping and systematic. I think it was sinister and scheming. And having said that, one of my colleagues earlier here uh, referred to this Russian intervention as a hoax. And I'd like to get your uh, comment on that. On page 26 of your report, you talk about the Internet Research Agency and how tens of millions of U.S. persons became engaged with uh, the posts that they made, that there were some 80,000 posts on Facebook, uh, that uh, Facebook itself admitted that 126 million people had probably seen the posts that were put up by the Internet Research Agency, uh, that they had 3,800 Twitter accounts and had designed more than 175,000 tweets that probably reached 1.4 million people. Uh, the Internet Research Agency was spending about $1.25 million a month on all of this social media in the United States in what I would call an invasion in our country. Um, would you agree that it was not a hoax that the Russians were engaged in trying to uh, impact our election? Absolutely. That was not a hoax. Uh, the indictments we returned against the Russians, two different ones, 
were uh, uh, substantial in, in their scope, using that scope word again. Uh, and I think one of the, we have underplayed to a certain extent that aspect of our investigation that has and would have long-term damage to the United States that we need to move quickly to uh, address. Thank you for that. I'd like to drill down on that a little bit more. The uh, Internet Research Agency actually started in 2014 by sending over staff as tourists, I guess, to start looking at uh, where they wanted to engage. And there are many that suggest, and I'm interested in your opinion, uh, as to whether or not Russia is presently in the United States uh, looking for ways to impact the 2020 election. I, I can't speak to that. That would be uh, uh, in levels of classification. All right. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, oftentimes when we engage in these uh, hearings, we forget the forest for the trees. You have a uh, very large report here of over 400 pages. Most Americans have not read it. Uh, we have read it. Actually, the FBI, FBI director yesterday said he hadn't read it, which was a little discouraging. But um, on behalf of the American people, I want to give you a minute and 39 seconds um, to tell the American people what you would like them to glean from this report. Well, I... Uh, we spent substantial time assuring the integrity of the report, understanding that it would be our living uh, message to those who, uh, who come after us. But it also is a signal, a flag to those of us who have some responsibility in this area to exercise those responsibilities swiftly and don't let this problem continue to linger as it has over so many years. All right. Um, you didn't take the whole amount of time, so I'm going to yield the rest of my time to the chairman. I thank the gentleman for yielding. Um, Director Muller, I wanted to ask you about conspiracy. Uh, generally, a conspiracy requires an offer of something illegal, the acceptance of that offer, and an overt act in furtherance of it. Is that correct? Uh, correct. And Don Jr. was made aware that the Russians were offering dirt on his opponent, correct? I don't know that for sure, but one would assume, given uh, presence at the meeting. And, uh, and when you say that you would love to get that help, that would constitute an acceptance of the offer? It's a wide-open uh, request. And it would certainly be evidence of an acceptance if you say, when somebody offers you something illegal and you say, I would love it, that would consider, be considered evidence of an acceptance. I think you stay away from any uh, addressing one particular or two particular situations. Well, this particular situation, well, I, I'll have to continue in a bit. Um, now yield to uh, Mr. Stewart. Mr. Muller, it's been a long day. Thank you for being here. I do have a series of important questions for you, but before I do that, I want to take a moment to reemphasize something that my friend Mr. Turner has said. I've heard many people state no person is above the law, and many times recently they add not even the president, which I think is blazingly obvious to most of us. I I'm having a little problem hearing you, sir. Is this better? That is better. Thank you. I want you to know I agree with this statement that no person is above the law. But there's another principle that we also have to defend, and that is the presumption of innocence. And I'm sure you agree with this principle, though I think the way that your office phrased some parts of your report, it does make me wonder. I have to be honest with you. For going on three years, innocent people have been accused of very serious crimes, including treason. 
accusations made even here today. They have had their lives disrupted and in some cases destroyed by false accusations for which there is absolutely no basis other than some people desperately wish that it was so. But your report is very clear. No evidence of conspiracy, no evidence of coordination. And I believe we owe it to these people who have been falsely accused, including the president and his family, to make that very clear. Mr. Mueller, the credibility of your report is based on the integrity of how it is handled. And there's something that I think bothers me and other Americans. I'm holding here in my hand a binder of 25 examples of leaks that occurred from the special counsel's office from those who associated with your work, dating back to as early as a few weeks after your inception and the beginning of your work, and continuing up to just a few months ago. All of these, all of them have one thing in common. They were designed to weaken or to embarrass the president, every single one. Never was it leaked that you'd found no evidence of collusion. Never was it leaked that the Steele dossier was a complete fantasy, nor that it was funded by the Hillary Clinton campaign. I could go on and on. Mr. Mueller, are you aware of anyone from your team having given advanced knowledge of the raid on Roger Stone's home to any person or the press, including CNN? I'm not going to talk about uh, specifics. Uh, I will mention, uh, but talk for a moment about persons who uh, become involved in an investigation. And the understanding that uh, in a lengthy, thorough investigation, uh, some persons uh, will be under a cloud that they that should not be under a cloud. And yeah. one of the reasons for emphasizing, as I have, the speed of an election or not election, the speed of an investigation, uh, is that so uh, those persons who are disrupted as a result I, I, of the... I, I appreciate that, but I do have a series of I questions. May, uh, with the result of that investigation. Thank you, and you're right. It is a cloud, and it's an unfair cloud for dozens of people. But to my point, are you aware of anyone providing information to the media regarding the raid on Roger Stone's home, including CNN? Uh, I'm not going to speak to that. Okay. Mr. Mueller, you sent a letter dated March 27th to Attorney General Barr in which you claimed the Attorney General's memo to Congress did not fully capture the context of your report. You stated earlier today that response was not authorized. Did you make any effort to determine who leaked this confidential letter? Uh, no, and I'm not certain. Uh, this is the letter of March 27th? Yes, sir. Okay. I, I'm not certain when it was publicized. I didn't know it was publicized, but I do not believe we would be responsible for the leaks. Well, I do, I do believe that we have done a good job in assuring that uh, no leaks occur. We have, we have 25 examples here of where you did not do a good job. Not you, sir. I'm not accusing you at all. But where your office did not do a good job in protecting this information. One more example. Do you know anyone who anonymously made claims to the press that Attorney General Barr's March 24th letter to Congress had been misrepresented or misrepresented your, the uh, basis of your report. And what was the question? Do you know who anonymously made claims to the press that Attorney General Barr's March 24th letter to Congress had misrepresented the findings of your report? No. Sir, given these examples as well as others, you must have realized that leaks were coming from someone associated with the special counsel's office. I, I, what I'd like to ask is... No, I you, do not believe that. Well, well, sir, this was your work. You're the only one, your office is the only one who had information regarding this. It had to come from your office. Putting that aside, which leads me to my final question, did you do anything about it? Uh, from the outset, we've uh, 
undertaken to make certain that we minimize the possibility of leaks. And I think we were successful over the, tar over the two years that we were in operation. Well, I wish you'd been more successful, sir. I think it was disruptive to the American people. My time has expired. I yield back. <clears throat> Mr. Quigley. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Director, thank you for being here. This too shall pass. Earlier today and throughout the day, you have uh, stated the, the policy that a seated president cannot be indicted, correct? Correct. And upon questioning this morning, you were asked, uh, could, that, could a president be indicted uh, after their service, correct? Yes. And your answer was that they could. They could. Director, please uh, speak into the microphone. Yeah, I'm sorry. Thank you. So uh, they could. The follow-up question that should be concerning is, what if a president serves beyond the statute of limitations? I don't know the answer to that one. Would it not indicate that if the statute of limitations on federal crimes such as this are five years, that a president who serves a second term is therefore under the policy above the law? I'm not certain I would agree with the. I'm not certain I would agree with the conclusion. I'm not certain that I can see uh, but the, the possibility uh, that you suggest. But the statute doesn't toll. Is that correct? I don't know specifically. It it, it clearly doesn't. And I, I just want as as the the American public is watching this and, and perhaps learning about many of these for the first time, we need to consider that and that the other alternatives are perhaps all that we have. Uh, but I appreciate your, your response. Earlier in questioning, uh, someone mentioned that it was a question involving whether anyone in the Trump political world publicized the emails, whether or not that was the case. I, I just want to refer to volume one, page 60, where we learn that Trump Jr. publicly tweeted a link to the leak of stolen Podesta emails in October of 2016. You're familiar with that? I am. So that would at least be a republishing of this information, wouldn't it, would it not? I'm not, certain I would agree. I'm not certain I would agree with that. Director Pompeo assessed WikiLeaks in one point as a hostile intelligence service. Uh, given your law enforcement experience and your knowledge of what WikiLeaks did here and what they do generally, would you assess that to be accurate or something similar? How would you assess what WikiLeaks does? Absolutely. And they uh, are currently under indictment. It's Julian Assange. Would it be fair to describe them as you would agree with Mr. Director Pompeo, that's when he, what he was when he made that remark, that it's a hostile intelligence service, correct? Yes. If we could put up slide six. This just came out, WikiLeaks. I love WikiLeaks. Donald Trump, October 10th, 2016. This WikiLeaks stuff is unbelievable. It tells you the inner heart. You got to read it. Donald Trump, October 12th, 2016. This WikiLeaks is like a treasure trove. Donald Trump, October 31st, 2016. Boy, I love reading those WikiLeaks. Donald Trump, November 4th, 2016. Do any of those quotes disturb you, Mr. Director? I'm not certain I would say. Uh, How do you react to that? Uh, well, uh, it's probably problematic is, is an understatement in terms of what it display, displays, in terms of uh, uh, giving some 
uh, I don't know, hope or some boost to what is and should be illegal activity. Volume 1, page 59. Donald Trump Jr. had direct electronic communications with WikiLeaks during the campaign period. On October 3rd, 2016, WikiLeaks sent another direct message to Trump Jr. asking you guys to help disseminate a link alleging candidate Clinton had advocated a drone to attack Julian Assange. Trump Jr. Re responded that, quote, he had already done so. Same question. This behavior, at the very least, disturbing so, your uh, reaction? Uh, disturbing and also uh, subject to investigation. Could it be described as aid and comfort to a hostile intelligence service, sir? I, I wouldn't categorize it in any, with any specificity. I yield the balance to the chairman, please. I'm not sure I can make good use of 27 seconds, but, uh, Director, I think you uh, made it clear that you think it unethical, to put it politely, to tout a foreign service like WikiLeaks publishing stolen political documents in a presidential campaign. Certainly uh, calls for investigation. Thank you, Director. Um, we're going to go now to Mr. Crawford, uh, and then after Mr. Crawford's five minutes, we'll take a five or ten minute break. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, Mr. Mueller, for being here. Um, days after your appointment, Peter Strzok texted about his concern that there's, quote, no big there there in the Trump campaign investigation. Did Strzok or anyone else who worked on the FBI's investigation tell you that around ten months into the investigation, the FBI still had no case for collusion? Uh, who? Can you repeat that? Uh, Peter Strzok. Could you, I'm sorry, can you move the microphone a little closer? Sure, there's, Thank you. Uh, there's a, a quote attributed to Peter Strzok. He texted about his concern that there is, quote, no big there there in the Trump campaign investigation. Did he or anyone else who worked on the FBI's investigation tell you that around 10 months into the investigation, the FBI still had no case for collusion? No. Uh, is the Inspector General report correct that the text messages from Peter Strzok and Lisa Page's phones from your office were not retained after they left the special counsel's office? Well, uh, I, I don't, it depends on what you're talking about. The investigation into uh, those, uh, Peter Strzok uh, went on for a period of time, and I'm not certain what it encompasses. It may well have encompassed what you're adverting to. Okay, let me move on just real quickly. Did you ask the department to authorize your office to investigate the origin of the Trump-Russia investigation? Uh, I'm not going to get into that. Um, it goes to, uh, to uh, internal deliberations. So the circumstances surrounding the origin of the investigation have yet to be fully vetted then. I'm certainly glad that Attorney General Barr and U.S. Attorney Dun uh, Durham are looking into this matter. With that, I'd like to yield the balance of my time to the Ranking Member Nunes. Thank the gentleman uh, for yielding. Mr. Mueller, I want to make sure you're aware of who Fusion GPS is. Fusion GPS is a political operations firm that was working directly for the Hillary Clinton campaign and the Democrat National Committee. They produced the dossier, so they paid Steele, who then went out and got the dossier. And I know you don't want to ask answer any dossier questions, uh, so I'm not going there, but. Your report mentions Natalia Vlesnovskaya 65 times. She meets in the Trump Tower. It's this infamous Trump Tower meeting. It's in your report. You've heard many of the Democrats refer to it today. The meeting was 
Shorter than 20 minutes, I believe. Is that correct? I think uh, 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 what we have in our report reflects it was about that length. So do you know, so Fusion GPS, the main actor at Fusion GPS, the president of the company, or the owner of the company, is a guy named Glenn Simpson who's working for Hillary Clinton. Glenn Simpson, do you know how many times Glenn Simpson met with Natalia Vlesnitskaya? Myself? No. Would it surprise you that the Clinton campaign dirty ops arm met with Natalia Vlesnitskaya more times than the Trump campaign did? Well, this is an area that I'm not going to get into, as I indicated at the outset. Did you ever interview Glenn Simpson? I'm, again, I'm going to pass on that. According to, I'm going to change topics here. Um, according to notes from the State Department official Kathleen Kavalak, Christopher Steele told her that former Russian intelligence head Trubnikov and Putin advisor Surkov were sources for the Steele dossier. Now, knowing that these are not getting into whether these sources were real or not real, uh, was there any concern that there could have been disinformation that was going from the Kremlin into the Clinton campaign and then being fed into the FBI? As I said before, uh, this is an area that uh, uh, I, I cannot speak to. Is that because you're it's not in the report or you're just or because of an ongoing Internal investigation? deliberations, other proceedings and the like. Okay. Uh, when Andrew Weissman and Zanib Ahmed joined your team, were you aware that Bruce Orr, Department of Justice top official, directly briefed the dossier allegations to them in the summer of 2016? Again, I'm not going to speak to that issue. Okay. Uh, before you arrested George Papadopoulos in July of 2017, he was given $10,000 in cash in Israel. Do you know who gave him that cash? Again, it's outside our ambit, and uh, questions such as that should go to the FBI or the department. But it involved your investigation? It involved persons involved in my investigation. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's beacon still burns as bright, tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth, but from the enduring power of our ideals, democracy, liberty, opportunity, and unyielding hope. Let me tell you something, you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbow. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees. Can you believe that we're getting away with this? Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. My poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you hit.
Welcome to Public Access America. Yes, we can. Now on Instagram and SoundCloud. He wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter. Apple Podcasts, the Stitcher Smart Radio app, Podable, and more. Yes, we can. Public Access America. History in the making. Making history in the making. In the making.